What's up, everybody? This is Tim D'Angelo from 48 Minutes. I uh, want to touch base real quick before Sean takes over for this week's episode, doing our first episode of the team previews for the Chicago Bulls, talking with Jason Pat. I'll let you know, uh, 48 Minutes is definitely growing out there. So as you know, I say it every week on the show, we're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Alexa. We're now available on iHeartRadio and Spotify. So we're just about covered everywhere that we can be for the podcasting world. So Wanted to make sure we touched on that before everything else. Um, this is a really fun show. I hope you enjoy Sean's conversation here. This is the first part of the team ep- uh, team previews, and without further ado, here's Sean Mackey with Jason Pat. It's Chicago Bulls preview time, everybody. Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kitzrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to 48 Minutes. I am your host, Sean Mackey, and today we are starting our season preview with the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Pat. How are you doing, sir? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, man. I'm excited to have you on here and talk some some bulls. You know, my wife's uh, kind of tired of listening to me talk about them because she's just tu- she tunes me out. I'll tell her about stuff, and she's like, I don't care. So... Uh, it's nice to nice to talk about s- to someone who actually kind of knows their stuff, who's kind of you know deep into this, and uh, we got a lot of questions and a lot to go over this off season. It was kind of a it's kind of another bizarro off season for Chicago. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like I, I was expecting it to be pretty quiet, and I just I was figured we'd have whatever the draft, a couple picks. Then Zach gets Zach Levine's deal done. Maybe sign David, resign David, David Nwaba. Maybe make a trade or something. I guess I should have seen the Jabari Parker thing coming. It's a, a kind of a <laughs> kind of like a. I had, I, I I had talked about it with other people, just whatever on Twitter, just like the idea of it. I never really didn't really understand it when it, like, but even before like the you was even talking about the Bulls were gonna have him. Like it, it was kind of just like scoffed at. It. Like doesn't I don't think it really makes much sense. Uh, and then, of course, they went out and did it. I, I don't hate the deal. I still don't. I still think there are a lot of questions involved, and I still don't really think the fit is that great. But yeah, so now the Bulls investing a lot of money in a couple guys with uh, terrible knees, and <laughs> I mean, there, so there will be a lot of questions. I think the Bulls will be very interesting, at least. Like this last season was miserable. I kind of checked out of last season. I think this season will be at least a lot more interesting. I don't think they will necessarily be that good i think a lot of people are optimistic especially after signing jabari hometown guy scored 20 points per game once before his second acl tear like there's i mean there's some reason to be optimistic about some of the young guys on this team i'm not quite there yet like i said i think they'll be interesting maybe fun to watch but not necessarily good uh so i guess there are definitely questions about these what they did in in free agency in terms of the draft wendell carter looked great in summer league we'll see if he can translate to the nba chandler hutchinson was okay their second or first round bet traffic. So it's just kind of a mixed bag in this offseason. You said bizarro, like kind of weird. Just, yeah, definitely kind of weird. It's kind, it was kind of bulls. I said signing Jabari as a hometown guy to sell. It's like a very bulls move. And I guess, <laughs> I guess, it, like I said, I think interesting is oh, a very, is 
how I'm going to look into this, look at this season. It's going to be very interesting to see how they can come together, how they mesh together all this young talent, whether they can take a step forward. Yeah, they are an intriguing crew uh, this season. I'm uh, I'm I'm mildly excited for this year. I've been I've been let down a lot over the last couple seasons. Uh, they had that really nice win streak last year, where I believe they won nine in a row. Is that correct? Seven. 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 See, I'm I'm making it sound better than it was. <laughs> I just remembered as nine. It just seemed better, you know, and it seemed like they were just hitting on all cylinders. And uh, in the midst of that, they ended up getting Zach Levine back during that win streak. And uh, I really, I don't, I don't know why I, I placed such high hopes on Zach Levine last season. And I think it's, you know, there's a part of me that, that likes real basketball. And there's a part of me that really enjoys like 2k basketball yep. And and Zach Levine is like a typical kind of exciting two K player. He shoots threes. He dunks. He doesn't really do much else. Um, so he came back last year to to mixed results. Uh, obviously, the Bulls did not make the playoffs. Um, they they seemed like at the beginning of of last season, it seemed like they had really messed up with the Butler trade, and they somehow lucked out with. Laurie Markkinen not sucking and actually being a really good player. Um, probably the most exciting player on the team at this point. Um, what do you expect to see from Laurie Markkinen this year? And what, should we should we pad down the high hopes or should we just kind of be cautiously optimistic? Well, as, as pessimistic as, I, as I've been about the Bulls the last few years, I am kind of all in on the Laurie hype. But, but I do wonder... How, with I mentioned this, we mentioned this intriguing group of young players and signing Jabari Parker and getting Zach Levine back. I do wonder where he's going to fit in on the totem pole, I guess, uh, among all these young players. When Levine and Markinen and Chris Dunn all played together last season, Bulls were absolutely terrible on both ends of the floor, and Lowry's numbers took a dip because I mean, we, Levine was a bit of a chucker when he came back last year. Dunn. Dunn had a decent season, but he's also, I mean, the point guard, the ball in his hands a lot. And we kind of saw Lowry kind of lose his rhythm, wasn't as involved as we you would like him to be. And then at the end of the year when the Bulls, when Levine and Dunn were out again, and it was like straight up taking season, there were, I think Lowry had like a really nice stretch of games in the year when he was just kind of the guy getting the shots and he had all the rhythm. So I'm now when you add Jabari to the mix, and he's a guy, he's going to be a guy who will probably be looking to get his shots. I mean, we the way he's been talking about not playing defense, about just getting buckets, this, and this, <laughs> these, some of these quotes, like, and he's going to be playing. I mean, he's got the team option. Like, he's going to be playing for – he's basically on a one-year deal. Uh, he's, so he's going to be playing for probably either to get his team option picked up or for a new long-term deal. So, like, I, I'm just wondering how, with all these guys together, all these young guys – and Darnell maybe mentioned this in The Athletic, the other an article for The Athletic the other day about just, like, I think he called it like agenda-driven basketball. Like all these guys, young guys are out trying to prove themselves. Levine thinks he's the number one scorer. Parker's going to be playing for a contract. Chris Dunn will be eligible for an extension next next summer. So how are they going to? Are they going to buy into a team concept, or are these guys going to be out there chucking and trying to just get their own? So I'm curious to see like how if they're going to keep Lowry involved enough because ideally he's going to be your number one or number two option. Like I could, I understand if Levine's going to take the most shots. I would probably prefer it to be Lowry. I don't know if he's like a, a definite number one option on like a championship team, but I, I I hope that they make make it a point to get keep him really involved inside outside, running pick and rolls, picking and pops, 
And I think there's a lot of reason to be very optimistic about him. But I, like I said, I am curious to see how they're going to work him in the offense with all these other young guys. I agree. I uh, I really, really hope that the the Bulls wise up and and make Laurie a, a priority on the offense this year. But it doesn't seem like that's going to happen with the Jabari Parker signing. Now Jabari, pretty much a career four coming in, obviously going to play the three now, which he's done to mix success. He hasn't been great. You know, in that particular role, um, the Bulls' backcourt. I've, I've, I'm going to go out and say it. I am not a Chris Dunn fan at all. I am not. I. Uh, it's fair. I guess he he looked he looked a lot better last year. He had some stretches, but like if you look at the whole totality of the season, like he still wasn't very good. His I think his true shooting percentage was like sub fifty, which is which is very very bad. And like he, there were some games. Obviously, he's a young guy. He, there were some games where he get some tunnel vision. I know he had some big shots late in games, but there were like also times where it seemed like he he was the one who was like demanding the ball and like just putting up chucking up mid range jumpers down the stretch. Which like I said, he made some of them. Some of them looked great, and he had some really nice games, some really huge games. But on the whole, like he still wasn't that good. Like as an offensive player, there's still a ton of questions about him. And he's and he's on the older side. He's already like 24, I think. Because so yeah. like I don't know how much like there's questions if how much more development is really there for him and if he but if he's a guy going out there and if he wants to be taking shots at the end of games or, or if he's dominating the ball a lot like again that goes back to like how, how getting keeping Lord Lowry involved and making sure he gets he's like the, the focal point or like the number two focal point. Yeah, I just I don't know I have this bad feeling there's just gonna be too many cooks in the kitchen like the whole season. Um. Let's kind of go back to Summer League. So the Bulls ended up losing a coin toss. They won a coin toss, but they really lost it for the draft lottery. Um, Sacramento ends up getting to pick two, correct? Yes. Okay, so they get a, a, you know, a great draft pick, and the Bulls end up with Wendell Carter, who is kind of what everyone was saying they were going to do. They were going to go for, for Wendell Carter. He's a, he's a safe pick. And he played pretty well in Summer League. There were some really awesome defensive moments that he displayed during the first couple games, anyway, of Summer League. Um, what can we expect from Wendell Carter this year? I think just in general, like, you mentioned he's like a safe pick. I wrote about that as well. Like, he just seems like a guy who can do almost everything pretty well. Like, I'm not sure if he's ever going to be, like, elite at any one thing. But we saw it in summer league. Like he, we mentioned the defensive plays. He had some awesome blocks. He moved pretty well laterally. One of the big questions about him was, can he switch on guards? Can he guard pick and roll? Is, is his lack of his so-called lack of mobility going to be a problem? I think he's lost some weight. But he looked pretty quick. He was stuck sticking some of those guards. He blocked a Trey Young three when he was guarding him on the perimeter, and he, when he stayed with him. And we saw it in a couple other games as well, switching on guards and doing pretty well against him. So it just seems like he, he's a guy who can do a lot of things well. Uh, I hope, obviously, Robin Lopez is there right now. I would guess that they would like Robin Lopez to be kind of act as a bit of a veteran mentor for Wendell. And then I would hope maybe they trade Robin Lopez at the trade deadline and Carter becomes the starter for the last, whatever, third half of, half of the season. I think that would make a lot of sense. Uh, so I, it's, it's always hard to expect a lot out of rookies, and especially rookie big men, and especially with this Bulls team. Like, with the defense in front of him, when you have Parker and Levine probably playing big minutes on the wing, like that's not pretty. That could be asking a lot of young big men to try to cover, cover for that kind of defense. 
So like, I think we should just expect a really solid season with all these other young guys in place. Like I wouldn't expect Carter to really stand out. He just doesn't seem like that kind of player in general. He just seems like a guy who knows his role. He can do a lot of things well, and he should just, just be a really, really solid player. So the Bulls also made another draft pick during this. They had this number seven in the 22 uh, in the draft this season. So in, in what was probably the most telegraphed move of the NBA draft, the Bulls picked Chandler Hutchinson, who is a player we were probably hearing about, you know, six, eight weeks into the draft that they were interested in. There was also rumors going around that he was promised that he would be picked. And sure enough, he gets picked. He has a so-so summer league, but once again, another wing, and I feel like they're getting really, really heavy on the wings in Chicago right now. Like, what does this mean for a player like maybe Denzel Valentine? I mean, I would guess, I mean, both him and Valentine should play a decent amount of minutes off the bench. Because I don't, I mean, Levine and Parker will be the starters. It looks like Nwaba, David Nwaba's not coming back, at least as of right now. They still could yeah. bring him back with the room level, mid-level exception, which is like four and a half million. They, technically, he still could come back, but I mean, right now it looks like it'll probably be it'll be Levine and Parker to start, and then Denzel will probably be whatever the, the third wing off the bench he can kind of play point guard as well. He can play the two or the three, and then Hutchinson. I don't know how many minutes he's really going to get this season as a rookie. He's another older rookie, so maybe they think he could come in and play a little bit right away. You mentioned so-so in summer league. He did not really impress me that much. He couldn't make any layups. He did some nice things with his passing. He had a few nice aggressive drives. And his three-point shooting, his percentage-wise, was pretty good, but he doesn't look like he could do much off the dribble in terms of shooting. So yeah. he, seems like, he just seems like he could be all right. I know he's got a seven-foot wingspan. He seems decent athletic. Maybe, I mean, I guess, if anything, maybe hopefully he can develop into, like, a bit of a defensive stopper. Because right now, if you're looking at... I mentioned those three guys, Levine, Parker, and Valentine. Like those aren't those aren't exactly defensive aces on the wing. And with no, and with, not and at with, all. And with and I mean, wing scoring and like when you have LeBron, you have Kevin Durant, you have so many. Obviously, the Bulls don't have to worry, really worry about those guys like in games that matter anytime soon. But even if you look at the East, if you look at guys on the wing, Giannis, Jason Tatum, young player Jalen Brown, young players like you need to have some type of wing defense out there to to be able to do switching as well. That's so. That's such a big deal. And I think I read that the Bulls are trying to do more switching to mitigate some of these guys' defensive issues. But I feel like their awareness and IQ is a big part of the issue. So I'm not sure if switching is really going to be that good for them. But yeah, hopefully maybe yeah. Hutchinson becomes a defensive guy who can who can help them on the wing because they are very poor defensively in the wing right now. They're pretty poor defensively. Period. Yeah, just in general. <laughs> Chris Dun- just in Chris, general. Chris Dunn should be pretty good. We'll see. Like I said, Carter looked good defensively. And that's yeah. tough. It's tough for young big men to be really good defensively right away, yeah. unless you're like a transcendent type player. So like I, I would expect him to struggle to start, and then hopefully get the hang of things as we go. But yeah, I mean, the Bulls, I'm very confident in them being a very bad defensive team. It'll just we'll have to see. <laughs> well, let's have to see if their offense can do enough to make up for it, or if maybe instead of like terra bad on defense, they're just like merely bad. Another guy that that's really intrigued me, who I. I... I really like on this squad, but, you know, once again, I don't know where he fits in the long-term plans of, of this squad is, is Bobby Portis, you know, who plays really well in stretches throughout the season. Um, obviously, last year started the year off suspended after after 
knocking uh, poor Nico out, <laughs> which actually ended up kind of working out for the like team. The be- it was like the best of like bo- all worlds for like the, like all the guys. Like Portis was pretty good after was good after suspension career. Nico had the best stretch of his career, and then he ends up getting traded and goes to a playoff team. Like it, it worked out for everybody. <laughs> it did. It did. It did. Uh, do you see any kind of – how often do you see the Bulls possibly playing a, a Larry Markin and Bobby Portis uh, front court this next year? I could see a decent amount, especially like – it will be just going to see how Fred divvies up this front court rotation because and right now they have like what – I would with Lopez there and they still have Christiana Felicio who was terrible last year, but like I mean, that's like oh, – that's five guys in it. I mean I'm not sure – Obviously, Parker's going to start at three, but I don't know if they're going to try to play him some of the four because, as you mentioned, like he was mostly a four in Milwaukee, and if he's not working well at the three, like will they try to get him in at the four? But then when you have Portis there and you have Lowry there already at the four, you can play those guys both at the five as well, but that I also just don't – we go back to the defensive thing. I don't know how that's going to – it's going to stop anybody. They can obviously really do some fun stuff offensively with those kind of stretch lineups and being able – have a ton of guys who can stretch the floor like that. But that will be just going to see how they divvy up those minutes. Portis did have, like I said, he mentioned it a, he had a career year. He's up for an extension this summer. I would be hesitant to give him a long-term extension, depending on the price. If they can get him at, like, at like basically Felicio money, or I think his cap hold next summer is, I think it's something like 7 or $8 million. If so, they can get him around there, which is basically Felicio money, and so not cut into the possible cap space for next summer. I think it could make some sense. I certainly wouldn't pay wouldn't pay him big this this off season, and then we'll see how he fits in with this with all these other young guys next season. If he can make any develop development on defense, he's a terrible defender, but he's a nice offensive player. He's definitely a nice guy to think have off the bench as a six man microwave scoring type stretch big. But I'm not sure he's a, he's a, actually anything more than that. And obviously, the Bulls have seemingly their two uh, front court cornerstones and Markin and Wendell Carter. So back on uh, back on July sixth, Zach Levine. Let's talk about Zach Levine a little bit because <laughs> uh, he signs an offer sheet for just about eighty million dollars with the Kings. And at this point, as a Bulls fan, I'm just kind of like let let him go. How did you feel about this deal? Didn't feel great. I said about. Twenty million a year was like basically where I started to get to the point of it's like all right you have you really have to think about this decision I exactly I, I understand why they're keeping him except you mentioned that you were like dis- you had like high hopes from coming last year I was always skeptical he was going to be any good last year with how bad he was defensively and just kind of coming back to the situation he, he was him being this be- that bad as bad as he was last year I wasn't that surprised so you would hope you would think now that he's another year away from the ACL injury. After after a summer with these guys, working with these guys, he should be he should be better. So like I don't think he's going to be like a pure shut up disaster like he was last season. But he definitely I think thinks of himself as a number one scorer. Uh, he's an absolutely miserable defender. Like, he has to get better in that area. So like I mean if he turns into a guy who puts up a decently efficient twenty some points per game, maybe adds a little playmaking. He's just so so in that area and is maybe just average to just below average defensively, I think you can talk yourself into like 20 million a year being fine. But if he's just a gunning chucker and his defense basically, (laughs) his defense remains where it is, that's a terrible contract. 
I have some faith in at least him becoming at least a pretty useful offensive player. The defense, I don't think will ever be good. You just, have to, I think, hope it gets to the point where it's passable and he's playable in hopefully games that matter in the next couple of, next few years. And in that case, even if he's not necessarily like a, the total stud you're hoping and you're really paying him to be, I mean, maybe he's a guy you end up trading. You use him as a trade piece if you're trying to make a bigger trade. So, yeah, I, I definitely don't feel great about the contract. I do understand why they matched it. And, and, I mean, it's just basically betting on its potential. Its potential is there, but I don't know. It's, there are a lot of question marks, just like just like Jabari. I have a feeling he probably wouldn't have unlocked his potential in, in Sacramento, though. So, <laughs> probably I mean, not. I, I, <laughs> I would have just let him walk at this point because I, I, I'm comfortable paying Zach Levine 12, maybe 15. Yeah, I, was, I was hoping for 15. And once, like – of course, the freaking Kings ruined everything by ta- giving that offer. Like it seemed like that such maybe, a such a classic Vladi move. It seemed like maybe the Bulls were going to get lucky and no one was going to give him a big offer sheet made, and they could sign to a team fr- a little bit more team friendly, fifteen, sixteen million. I guess the fact that there is some of this injury, I'm not really sure what the injury language is. I think it's just if he tears his ACL again, like they can cut him. I I, I, have, to, I have to read more about what like the injury protection language is in the contract. So at least, I guess at least. Having that there is okay, but I mean, if he's just bad, like <laughs> he's just got a bad contract there. So it's it will be interesting to see how he develops and how he bounces back after being pretty terrible last year when he first returned from his injury. Yeah, I uh, that's something I'm I'm just not thrilled to have forty million dollars tied up with two players yeah, that have have had serious that, and, injuries. And, yeah, serious injuries. They're both kind of similar in terms of all offense possibly chucking type players like having a lot of money invested in that is that's it's 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 kind of you go back to like the 2k thing like the bulls i think probably could have a really fun 2k team with these guys just a bunch of guys you run around you go and chuck three pointers and dunk on people but it in the real life and how these guys mesh together and how that actually works together it might not be nearly as good as you would like no no i mean i i have high hopes for for laurie markinen um Right now, I mean, he's he's definitely a, a you know the best piece that they have, and and Wendell Carter, obviously, I I think he's going to be decent, like like you said, um, but I don't know, just this backcourt just scares me, and and are are we are we assuming that Cameron Payne is going to be the main backup point guard on this squad? Yeah, I mean, Paxson said it at like this <laughs> NBA press conference. They said they were they were happy with how he played. I mean, he was better. Like I'll admit it. He, I mean, the bar was about was basically underground for Cameron Payne, given he's he's had like three foot surgeries. And when he first came to the Bulls, he was like arguably the worst player in the league. He was so bad. Last year, came back again after another surgery. He shot like 38, 39% from three. Was decent, okay playmaking. I mean, he's still not any good. I think he was, his true shooting, I think, was still under 50. He can't really do much else besides be a decent three-point shooter. So, like, the Bulls can definitely probably do better than Cameron Payne Payne as a backup point guard, but I think at this point in time, like, I don't ex- also don't expect them to be that good. So I guess just why not take a, use this as one more year, basically, as another ch- tryout for Cameron Payne, and then if he's bad, then he's not on the team anymore after next season. Yeah, I, I just I can't even imagine a world where that's like your 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 backup option, but it 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 is it is their world. So the Bulls signed Antonio. Blakeney a couple days ago who who was he's kind of a G League stud and he's 
he was definitely a summer league stud, but you know, he's, he's all offense, six, four point guard. Um, what are the chances of him getting some playing time this year? I mean, it wouldn't be surprised me if there are times, I mean, there's, there's always injuries. So maybe with injuries, something happens. I think there'll be times if like the offense is struggling, maybe they taught, throw him out there, try to, like, we talk about another, he's another chucker. Like he's guy took yeah. like, he took like 18 shots per game in summer league. Like he, put up like 30 points per game in G League. I think it was G League Rookie of the Year. And even when the bit he played for the Bulls this past season, I, I have to look up the numbers again, but I think he played like maybe the few games he played, I was pretty sure he was taking like a shot every two minutes. So the, the guy gets up his shot. So like, I mean, there's some value in that. I'm, and I'm totally fine with them giving him, the, converting his two-way deal into uh, whatever guaranteed contract. I'm not really sure why they gave him a two-year guaranteed contract, but I mean, ultimately it's whatever. It's like a 1.5 million. That's not going to... It's not a no. big deal. So, like, whatever. So, like, there's value in having a guy, whatever, your 12th or 13th man who can throw out there and possibly get buckets off the end of the bench. I think it's totally fine. I think we might see that a few points this year. I know Casey Johnson said they might have him play some more in the G League just to get consistent reps and development. But then the Bulls will also probably try to play him in some games. And, like I said, if Cameron, if Cameron Payne doesn't work out, maybe maybe Blakeney will, will turn in the backup point guard, even though calling him a point guard is – generous i guess with the way he plays but hey <laughs> yeah. there's, there's plenty of chucking point guards in leagues these days so it's not the whole pure point guard thing isn't as big a deal but yeah i think so. he'll probably get get some minutes and maybe provide some microwave scoring hopefully he might be fun he might be fun yeah, like i said there's I'm, games like it was in the we look at the summer league like he had a couple like really big games and then there was also i think a game where he was like two for 16 from the field like that's just the way he plays that's what it's gonna be he's comes in he Chuck's tough shots. He loves to put up a bunch of floaters and mid-range jumpers, and like, and it's the way it is. And but guys, there is some value in having in having guys like that. Oh, completely, completely. Now the Bulls over the last like the end of last season was kind of kind of weird. So they sign. And I know this is a minor deal, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Kilpatrick. Yes, I'm going <laughs> to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and bring up Sean Kilpatrick. So they sign him. He helps them win. He helps them basically anti tank. Towards the end of the season, like the very like ass end he of the won season, them, like, two games. <laughs> yeah, he won them two games in class in classic Sean Kilpatrick fashion. I mean, I'm from the Cincinnati area, so I I know about his legend here. You know, so it was kind of weird seeing him on this Bulls team at the end of the year, just like you said, winning two games, and it seemed like they were going to keep him, and then they don't, and then today randomly they claim. Antonius Cleveland off waivers from the Hawks. So this is a guy who was averaging 3.3 points in four games for the Hawks last season. Why are the Bulls taking a, sh- a, a, a shot with this guy? Um, I like know <laughs> almost nothing about him. Uh, I, know I, know, I know. I know he's I... signed with, he's been with like multiple, like maybe four or five games. I feel like he was with the Warriors or the Cavs at some, he might have been with both teams. I'm gonna go look him up right now. Because honestly, yeah, I yeah. feel like he just he's been he's been just kind of jumping around different teams. He really hasn't played that much. He hasn't really showed that much. I mean, I guess an argument for this guy over Kilpatrick is he's younger. He's like four years younger, but I mean, he's never really shown anything in the NBA. So yeah, he okay. So he played last year with the with the Mavericks and Hawks. He didn't really do anything. Like I said, I think he was with. He might have been like with the Cavs or yeah. Warriors summer league teams, like just kind of sponsor around that way. So like, I mean, at the, it does seem kind of weird that they. I mean, at the, at the, I mean, I guess at this point they've already waived Kilpatrick. They, I guess they 
think they had to kind of had to do it maybe just to, to make the Jabari Park move. And I guess they could have brought him back. I don't think he's signed anywhere else. So I guess, I guess they're just taking a chance on a younger guy, young, maybe athletic defensive wing. Maybe they figured Kilpatrick is just like, just another chucking get buckets guy. And like I said, I'm not, like, I don't even know if this guy's like, his, if he's like an athletic defensive type or what yeah, even mean, he I, is. I so like, I know I, next to nothing about him. So <laughs> I'm the same. I just, you know, I just feel like the Bulls do this kind of thing all the time. Like at the end of a season or the beginning of a season, they get these like weird guys that you've never heard of, throw them on the squad, especially usually at the end of the season. They they, they throw these guys on their roster at the end of the year. And then, you know, Casey comes out and, you know, he's 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 like, well, the Bulls really like his potential, you know, and they're they're planning on keeping him next year, you know, and that's always the same story. And then they're gone before the season even yeah, starts with. Kilpatrick, like, it also just didn't make much sense because, again, like, he's always a 28-year-old guy. I feel like usually with rebuilding teams, usually they're kind of just use the end of the roster to maybe cycle through younger guys that maybe they can develop into something. But, I mean, what it seems like, the Kilpatrick thing was doing a favor for Kilpatrick, give the guy some money, and he's, his agent's Mark Barlestein, and we know there's the Bulls have like this grand relationship with Bar- yes. Barlestein, Jabari, he's Jabari Parker's agent. Uh so it just seems like it was kind of a favor to like them as like a group just to hear like he's looking for a contract like we don't really need him at all but we're gonna sign him at the end of the season where we're trying to lose games and that he and then he wins like a couple games for them it was, just, it was definitely and and that, and then they and then they cut his they wave him after after uh or this offseason so it definitely definitely kind of a strange move that didn't really make much sense. <laughs> It's just one of those, you know, those head scratching moves yeah. that they they make, and they do it every year. There's always something like that that happens, and you know, and then today they claim this other guy that no one's ever heard of. So, um, let's kind of go back to the rest of the NBA real quick. So, I just want to kind of talk about your immediate reaction. Obviously, LeBron James, uh, probably the biggest rival of the Chicago Bulls of the last decade, is going out west. What was your immediate thoughts for that? It wasn't surprising. It seemed like there was just a lot of hype and a lot of just rumblings that he was going to go out to L.A. Uh, I have to say that I have been very amused by what the Lakers have done since getting LeBron <laughs> and building maybe same, the same. goofiest team imaginable with uh, we got Beasley, Rondo, Lance, JaVale. Are there any other goofballs out there besides uh, – so it's, I still, they'll be good, Le- the LeBron factor – They'll be good. They're, I like their young guys. Brandon Ingham should be good. Lonzo, if he can actually stay on the court. Josh Hart had a great summer league. Kuzma had a nice rookie season. So even with – I don't even know how much these some of these guys, other guys they've picked up now will play. So it might not even be a big deal. But they're probably not – it's just kind of weird to see them putting together this mix of guys. I joked the other day about how it's – we basically should have seen this coming based on Magic Johnson's Twitter account in recent years, and he would – always tweet very questionable analysis of players. It seems like there are a bunch of, (laughs) these are guys that like are semi big names that like either used to be good or just like, or they're just their name people know. And basically we need to get them. They've talked about how like, Oh, these guys like will bring toughness and like stuff in the playoffs and like defense. They, they, they've been hyping up like Lance and Rondo's defense. Like these guys haven't been effective defenders in years. Like it's just such a goofy, goofy mixer on LeBron and so like they should be pretty good, but I feel like they're not really a legitimate contender with at this point because <laughs> I feel like they're, the the signings they've made are weird, and then their young guys I think probably just not quite there yet. But in the next couple of years, they'll they'll still have cap space next year, and as their young guys develop, or if they make a tr- another trade to get another star in there, 
they, they'll probably be in the mix. And I guess we'll see how LeBron ages. At some point, he's going to start slowing down. Hasn't really happened yet other than on defense, but we'll, yeah. we'll see. Are you happy to have him out of the East finally? Oh, of course, except, I mean, <laughs> it definitely, definitely is good, but, I mean, the Celtics look like they're going to be awesome for a long time. Sixers, given D's health for Embiid and Simmons, they're going to be there, be there for a while. The Raptors now... For one, uh, well, season, for one anyway. season, assuming Kawhi does leave, <laughs> although I, you never know what will happen there. I mean, Paul George is staying in Oklahoma City, so you never know. But mainly the Celtics and Sixers, long term, are look like they're going to be very formidable for years to come. So while losing LeBron is nice, because he has tormented the Bulls many, many a time, there's still some, still some beasts there. Yeah, I'm personally, I'm, I'm happy he he made that move. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a bit of a closet Lakers fan. So I'm, I'm, I, I was just happy he did something that I wanted for once because <laughs> I felt so terrible after 2010 happened. Like, cause I mean, there was just, I don't know. I felt so duped. Well, a lot I of people, so, a lot of people so thought duped. that, uh, that he was going to the bulls. There was a point, I think a couple weeks before he announced where like Woj tweeted that, Oh yeah, the bulls are the front runner. I think somebody, there were other yeah. rumblings from like other major reporters that the Bulls were like in the lead for at least like two of those guys, and then and then got the rug pulled out from under us. Yeah, it was it was so so rough. So like you know, you know, being rubbed the wrong way during that that's that off season in particular. I'm I'm glad to see him gone out in the West. I think he'll I think he'll be fun out there. You know, I don't know if he's really chasing championships out in LA yeah, right now he, or not. He, yeah. So like a lot, with, that's, that's been a big argument. Like, is he actually going there for basketball? Is he just going there to basically LA is awesome. And he'll be able to like boost like his business profile and doing stuff with like, he wants to do stuff with like entertainment and movies. And he's got multiple homes out there already. So it just might be just a, just a, a comfort level fit for him. And if they, and if they end up winning another title or two out there, that will see raise, raise his status even more. Yes, yes. So, they're going to be announcing the schedule for uh, the NBA in a couple weeks, um, which is very exciting for me because I like to kind of map out my my games that I'm, I'm going to watch uh, for the year. So, that's that's a big thing. How many, if you were a betting man today, how many games are the Bulls, uh, are the Bulls winning next year? Um, I've been... Have, I've had a conversation with a few people that I make a bet every year with one of my friends. Uh, we were going to put this year's at about, I'm going to say 34 and a half. So I'm thinking in the low 30s, and I, I'm, I am going with the over. So I would, that might even be a, even a little more optimistic than I would like, but like I could see them winning 34, 35 games. That'd be an eight-win jump. The, I think they won more games last year than they really should have given they won a ton of close games the nico stretch really boosted them yeah based on like their point like their point differential their net rating differential whatever they should have lost or they should have won like probably like 20 games so like so some of that stuff we'll see if any of that evens out if they lose more close games stuff like that but i mean i could see them like i said making like a seven or eight win jump like i i know i saw some i think cbs ran some simulation with like with their analytics the other day and had the bulls as the worst team in the league at like 20 or 21 wins like that's super super pessimistic like even even if this blows up which there is i think there is blow up potential we've talked about some of the questions they have that their defense will be bad and if the offense doesn't mesh mesh it could be ugly but like 20 wins that's really bad like i'd be really surprised if they took that big of a step backward i have enough faith in some of these young guys being decent enough and lowry being great and 
the other guys making it enough of a step forward where like I said they'll win whatever seven eight more games. I would be there are some people I mentioned that are very optimistic and think that they can uh, compete for the playoffs, win in the forties. I would be very shocked by that. But I guess in the East, maybe thirty-seven wins gets them close to the playoff race. So so maybe that's not totally far off. But but yeah, I would be shocked by anything more than like a seven or eight win uh, jump. And I can see them going winning also in like a, a similar amount as they did last year. Like I said, they had a, something that's going their favor in terms of wins last year. So so yeah, I'd say low thirties is pretty good. Tim and I both said 34. He said 34 and I said 35 because I'm we optimistic. We're on the same page. Yeah. So, so that's, that's good. I'm, I'm glad I'm not, I'm not, you know, over exaggerating or anything. Uh, one last question before I get you out of here. Um, is Fred Hoiberg's job on the bubble this season? I would guess if they won like 35 games, like I would say no. If they don't take a step forward at all, I could definitely see them. Be, this will be his fourth season, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like if they don't take a step forward at all and if they look bad and they do they do blow up, I absolutely think he could get fired. Because the, I'm not sure if his last year, is his fifth year is like whatever, guaranteed. I'm not guaranteed. Sure, totally sure yeah, how sure his either. contract is. I, th- I feel like it's something tried to look into and not totally sure so so yeah i think they they need i think they need to show some improvement they need to they need to make probably an improvement in wins and if they win what if they go like tw- they win under 27 and if they lose if they win less games than last year i could definitely see him getting canned i agree i agree i think this is uh you know if they don't if they don't make another step forward i think this is probably it for him so and this yeah. is his year man he got all the offense right. that yeah. he wanted this is, that's why this it's, is, it's another reason why this season is gonna be so interesting I mean, this is a really important year not only for fred but just for some like it says some of these young guys in terms of just like in terms of development and whether they're actually going to be anything good like like with chris dunn it's gonna be his third season but he's already 24 levine if he if he just kind of stagnates that's a that's no good jabari parker like he might just be what he is, or maybe he rebounds well as well. So, like, in terms of, like, the internal development of these players and then Jabari as well, like, it's going to be a super important year for them. And I like Zach Lowe on a podcast he did recently, a really good – they were talking – who's Kim and Kevin Arnott were talking about, like, interesting teams. And the, they mentioned the Bulls, and I would like to what he said. He's like, the Bulls have a really in- bunch of interesting parts, and after next season, we could be looking at them and be like, yeah, like, they could be a beast the next couple of years with these guys. Or – they could be like the Orlando Magic and just be like a bunch of <laughs> blah young guys that just aren't fitting together and they're just kind of stuck in crap for like a long time and like picking like seventh or eighth and not, like not even having high picks. So, so that's why it's gonna be, this thing could go a few different ways. So that's why that's why it's gonna be a super interesting interesting season. Yeah, they're definitely going to be a league pass team for me this year. I think uh, this is going. It's definitely the one of the more interesting squads they've had over the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll take this squad over the uh, the uh, the three alphas. The the, 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 <laughs> the three alphas. Yes, I was trying to think what they called them. <laughs> that was that was a miserable. So like last year was miserable, and like I know the they made a team made the playoffs and they won two oh, games against I the know. Celtics, but like it was just Rondo but, went down yeah, and, was, and but that regular season was. Besides Jimmy, depressing. Jimmy was so good, but like the rest, the whole team as whole was so depressing. This Rondo was terrible for most of the year, and like Wade, just I don't like Dwayne Wade just in general. I always hated him for most of the, his same, career. So like same. I just couldn't bring myself to really enjoy him. So like, so you had Jimmy like <laughs> developing into such a great player, but like you couldn't really enjoy it because the just the team in general was just like a miserable slog. So at least having young guys and at least having the specter of hope 
you can at least get behind that a bit. Yeah, and I, I think I think there's some really interesting pieces with this team, and I think they're going to progress. But you know, it's kind of up to to Fred to make that work. So I mean, I'm I'm excited to see him this year. Don't know what I'm gonna get. Don't know what we're gonna get. Uh, but it's gonna be uh, it's definitely gonna be uh, kind of fun to watch watch unfold. So um, that being said. I would like to conclude uh, the 48 Minutes podcast. First team preview of the season. This has been the Chicago Bulls season preview with famous blogger Jason Pat. Thank you for calling so, me Jason. famous. I wouldn't consider myself yes. famous, but I'll take oh, it. Oh, you are. You are. I've been, I've been reading your stuff for a very long time, so I'm, I'm always thrilled when we get you on here. I'm, it's, it's awesome. It's a pleasure. Uh, um, so, last thing, where can all of the guys on the internet find your uh, your writing? I know you're writing for like a bunch of different places right now. Uh, you're doing stuff for Fansided, obviously Bloggable. Uh, where can they find you? Those two places, uh, BetChicago.com is a new website where, like I said, obviously in the name, there's betting stuff involved. I incorporate some betting stuff into like the Bulls, NBA stuff that I do. Not that much. I'm really no gambling expert, but just general, a lot of general Bulls coverage there with some of it has like, a betting so we'll have some like odds or stuff like that. So those three places for right now, at least see, see in the future. You never know. Uh, and then you can find me at, follow me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter a lot at bulls underscore J. Uh, and I'll be at, definitely will be on there a lot this upcoming season. Like I said, I'm after last season where I kind of checked out, I'll definitely be reinvesting myself in the bulls next season, tweeting a lot during games, tweeting a lot of analysis. So looking forward to it. Thank you very much, Jason, and uh, we'll be, uh, be sure to watch the Bulls this season. Have a great night, everybody.